right? We got a lot of different things coming at you today, okay? And I'm just sensing a little bit of a lull right now. That. You don't got time for that. All right, let's go. Break it. Break it, Glenn Cross. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Adam Drovetta on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. RCST brought to you by T-Mobile where you can chat, share, and stream on America's 5G network. And guess what? Unlimited 5G is included in all plans at T-Mobile at no extra cost. T-Mobile, we cover more people and places than anyone else. Um, the NFL draft is coming up here in less than 10 days, and, and we're going to get to that in a second. Matt Tate's going to join us at 3.40. We have RCST Trivia in the 4 o'clock hour. Also out early today, we've got high school baseball with Free State on the air at uh, 5.20 today. But uh, some big news came down a little bit before the show. That would be one David McCormick, who took to Instagram to announce his decision. Um, and I don't want to read the whole thing. You can find it. We, we put it out on our Twitter account at RCST1320 with the screenshot of it. But basically, boils down to the idea that um, he's declaring for the 2022 draft, and it, this is an exact quote out of part of it. I can't imagine ending my career at Kansas better than we did this past season as national champions. Rock chalk. Uh, so the wording there, if, if we want to read between the, the tea leaves, pretty much signals he's, he's not coming back. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I don't see any scenario in which he's actually drafted into the NBA. Um, there's a, you know, it's he could be in Vegas next summer or this summer, I guess. Um, he may get a look. Yeah, he'll, he'll get a summer in the, league in look. In the summer league. Um, but there's money to be made in um, in Europe. I, we, we discussed the possibility of him coming back because the NIL – can be pretty lucrative for a guy like him. But I also think there's something to be said about if he's just ready to continue, just to move on with life after college. Um, and I think he also, um, I, there's something to be said about what, you know, he he hit a shot that won't be as memorialized as Mario Chalmers' shot um, because it wasn't like a last-second thing. Um, but he hit a shot that was every bit as important as the Chalmers, two of them. Uh, one to put him up by one, and another to to put him up by three in the national title game. I I don't see, I mean, th- this was this is the storybook ending that very few college basketball players get. Yeah, and, and like you said on the NBA draft stuff, like if you look at the Athletic, he's not in the top one hundred draft board. NBA Draft Net, ESPN, he's not in the top one hundred. So this isn't about something where he's going to go and and be someone who's drafted. And and there was a, a brief moment where we did discuss like the idea of. Dave coming back makes a little bit of sense because of the fact that you know he's he's on the Wendy's over on Twenty Third Street. Like he, yeah, I mean, he, he make a lot of nil. Talking money. ninety hundred thousand bucks next year just in in nil deals. Yeah, you're you're going to make more money off that than you are playing in the G League or playing overseas in in Europe, which uh, that could end up being the case for Dave. But also, there's the flip side, which is you know the drop the mic moment. And and I haven't been someone who totally prescribes to that because um, 
you know, like for instance, Keith Langford. When you when you think of Keith Langford in KU uniform, it didn't go out well. He no, lost in the first round. But it's so many great memories. Exactly. Sean Collins is another perfect. Yes, Sean Collins won a title. Keith Langford, you think of the back to back final fours. You yeah. can do this with other teams too, like Russ Smith at Louisville. Uh he went out in the sweet sixteen to to his rival, Kentucky. Everybody remembers him as as being a national um, champion. The Jenkins, the year after he canned the shot for Villanova's yeah, title, they exactly. lost in the second round the next year. Yes, he was on that team. Yeah, I think with 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 Dave also, I do think there's just something to be said about he's even though he can make money in with NIL, I do think there's just something to be said about just what's what's the next phase. Like it's just time to kind of have your you know, growing up isn't the right word because he's obviously shown himself to be a very mature person. But you know, grow up beyond kind of your your life in college and and what's what does adulthood have in store? I think there's something that maybe financially in the short term, maybe he may make less next year than he would have made on an NIL deal with a fifth year at Kansas. Um, but I I just think there's something to be said about I he may just want to see what's the next chapter in his life. Yeah, and no issues with that. Like I said, those were just things that. If he would have decided to come back, because again, he's not even saying I'm testing here with the no, option of comeback. He's ending my career at Kansas. Yeah, um, so that's I, pretty definitive. I'll say this: Does it seem like he? I I don't know. Maybe I just had my mind made up in certain ways. I didn't ever think he was coming. Well, I, I thought maybe a I, maybe yeah, eighty-five, fifteen. I thought he was gone. I, I was pretty. So maybe I left a small glimmer of of possibility, but um, I didn't think he'd be the first one. Like Ochai hasn't even isn't even gonna like Ochai said it, so he's not even gonna make an Instagram post. We know he's gone. I'm just I didn't think Dave would be the first one to make the announcement. I guess. I, I think it's all just semantics. I, I, I do think though that in the case of David McCormick, in, to your point about just kind of moving on, um, you wish him well and phenomenal end to his career. Um the legacy of David McCormick now forever changed because of how things finished. And think about forget what people like a lot of people, Sasha Khan. I remember the talk around Sasha Khan in 08, you know, was, man, just think of what we thought of him as a freshman. Forget that with Dave. Think of what people thought of him in November and in December. I mean, the, the turnaround he made just in this year, I, I can't imagine a better way going out. I honestly wish we would have known about the foot injury earlier in the season That's because it point. it made some of the ups and downs make more sense and it made it more relatable for what was going on, but... Now looking back, knowing that he was going through that, um, just a warrior to be able to do that. And like we said, we had our criticisms throughout the year about Dave, but congrats to him, man. He he goes out on top, and good for him. Whatever he decided, you know, uh, go do whatever you need to do, and that's cool. I think from the Kansas perspective, what this means for next year's roster, um, it's interesting for a couple reasons. One, it, it definitely benefits certain guys. Um, maybe it keeps a couple guys from, I don't know, maybe wanting to transfer, thinking about transferring. It certainly allows guys to play more in the rotation next year um, and opens up a starting spot on this team. But um, I think the biggest question I have for how Kansas fills his shoes are, like, as you look at every center on the roster for KU next year, like, who does KU have that can score in the post? Because that's going to be a real question as we head yeah, into the offseason. Yeah, we, this exact, we, we talked about exactly this yesterday regarding um, K.J. Adams in that he brings a lot to the table in his defense because he can defend a lot of positions. But uh, his scoring, he's kind of the opposite Dave, that you, you, need, um, you, know, you need K.J. to be able to score so you can have at least score at some level so you can have his defense. Whereas with Dave, you needed him to play some 
level of defense so you could have his offense. Um, and so, yeah, you're losing a, a, a very important post presence. And I, I don't know, depending on if, if sanctions come down, if they don't and this group of freshmen come in, I think you could see a lot of Ernest Duday minutes. Maybe I don't know that he's the starter right away, but I think you see a lot of Ernest Duday minutes that you wouldn't have otherwise seen. Yeah, I th- I think I'm I'm going there with you because uh like I said, I don't know a ton about Ernest Duday's game. We'll we'll see more when he's coming in, but by all accounts, he seems to be the most traditional center mm-hmm. where you would think okay, he can go to work in the post and he'll be probably the best rim protector of the centers. Like those are both things that Bill Self values. So that would not be surprising to me at all. Um but who knows? Maybe Zach Clements that's the biggest growth in his game. Yeah, that could be. I mean, he's I'll be interested to see what kind of workout regimen he prescribes to over the summer because um you know, he. I don't really remember a lot of guys that go from primarily on the bench to coming out of nowhere the next year. What you do see a lot of is guys going from, you know, like, a lot of time on the bench to, okay, someone making a name for themselves. And then in that third year is when they really, really explode. Um, I could see that being Clements. I, I don't know that he'll kind of turn into this showstopper between this year and next, but I could see him getting enough enough experience on the floor next year um, that his junior year could be something pretty special. Yeah, that's the way I see it right now. If all were to be done uh, as far as kind of that center spot, like I I view Clements as probably the de facto starter now. I view Ernest Uday as playing a a pretty sizable role, and then who knows? uh, Remains to be seen for a guy like Cam Martin what would necessarily happen there, although uh, he's kind of reiterated like he's going to stay. We talked with Michael Swain, and for him to transfer, he'd have to transfer back down to a D2, which would eliminate the whole reason for what he did last year. Um, uh, so I think he benefits probably a good amount from this. I think Uday does as well. But I can't help but wonder now if, if again, going back to that conversation about who does Kansas have that can score in the post because of the fact, like this isn't Villanova where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, who cares? If we don't have anybody that can score in the post, we'll either back down our guards or we'll just play five out or shoot yeah, threes yeah, or whatever, yeah. right? Like Bill Self likes to, even if he's playing four-round run, one, he wants that one to be able to score in the post. He just yeah. does. So if well, Kansas... It, it, he, and it's not just, and sorry to interrupt, but just to, to reiterate your point, it's not just a guy who can score in the post. It's the scoring in the post creates any outside shot opportunities for the guards. Yeah, and so if Bill Self and the staff don't feel like they have a acceptable level of that, like I, I wonder if this is a spot that they would look into the transfer portal for. Now, as far as scholarships, where they're at with this, um, I believe that this makes them even. But if Jalen or Christian were to go, they would have those scholarships as well. You know who just said something about, now I think this is more of an announcement between going to the NBA or coming back, but um, Kofi Coburn just had a, just had kind of a tweet earlier today about announcement coming Friday or something like that. Well, this is interesting, but I, I'm glad that you brought that name up because um, I don't know to what truth there were. I, I hinted at it a, a couple times this season. There was a rumor that was circulating around, again, hard emphasis on the word rumor, about Kofi Coburn when he did enter the transfer portal last year, maybe having a little bit of interest in KU. But KU wasn't going to take on. I mean, you had an all-Big 12 center coming back. You didn't know, Dave, how much he was going to be laboring off the foot. Um, It was easy to say in November, December, January, like, oh, we should have taken Kofi Coburn. But If you looked at this team in April, center was the last of their words. Yeah, Dave's fixed. Did you see the second half of last season? Um, But 
to your point, like Kofi Coburn has another year if he decides to. Now, he was close to staying in the draft last year, so maybe he does the same thing that Dave does and says, I'm going, right? Um, But again, in the same way that Dave is, Coburn is not a guy who's like popping up on draft board. He's he's more the old school center, center, and unlike David McCormick, Kofi Coburn doesn't have that. Like he's never made the second weekend in the NCAA tournament, so he doesn't have the. Oh, really? Hey, I love this from college. Like I, you know, like so maybe that. Remy, would make that's more all sense. Remy was talking about. He said the whole reason he chose Kansas was was playing, and and he started talking about that after they won the Big Twelve regular season. He said it's getting trophies. That's why I wanted to come to a place like Kansas. And if that's your end game, um, then I don't know. I, I ultimately, if I had to choose, kind of gun to my head, I would say Coburn is going to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, it's it's but, kind of putting the, uh, putting the what is it, the mules before the wagon there sure, because Coburn use, hasn't even like yeah. entered the transfer portal. But just hypothetically something like that. That would be <laughs> that would solve, Once again, April would roll around and all of their center problems for the next year would be solved. Well, I'll say this. like It does feel like whatever moves KU were to make in the transfer portal, and we'll talk a little bit about this in the 5 o'clock hour because uh, Kendrick Davis uh, had some news to share over social media last night. But it, it almost does feel like because of the fact they're going to be waiting on decisions with Jalen Wilson and Christian Brown not exactly knowing what to fill. Like, sure, they'll make maybe a roster move or two somebody transfers or to fill a spot that they feel pretty good about a guy going pro or something. But um, like Remy Martin was a late transfer because he was in the testing the NBA draft process. And it feels like if KU is going to make a big move like that, it would probably be later in the game. Just that's, I hadn't even considered that. When did Remy announce he was coming to Kansas? Because I can't even remember. It was either like mid-May, late-May, okay, something so like later. that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the the deadline for returning from the draft is June 1st. Okay. So, yeah. So, that could be um, how how Illinois fans, of all, I mean, they just keep having reasons to throw garbage at KU, man. <laughs> Between I mean, Cliff Alexander obviously didn't work out, but you've got Bill Self leaves. After saying he probably, I mean, well, that's a whole other story. He said he wanted to stay at Illinois because he never imagined Roy was going to leave Kansas. But regardless, so self leaves for for Kansas. Then you've got um, the Cliff Alexander fiasco. If Kofi Coburn says I'm coming back from the NBA, <laughs> but I'm going to Lawrence. Oh man, yeah, what uh, a life in Champagne. Well, we'll wait and see on that stuff. But one thing we do know for sure: David McCormick gone to the NBA draft. Shout out to Dave. Fantastic finish to the career. Thanks for all the memories. Unbelievable tournament. Unbelievable title game for uh, David McCormick. We're going to take a time out here. When we come back, we're going to talk a little Chiefs draft, get to our daily poll. Matt Tate joins the show in about 20 minutes. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com. And we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Welcome back to RCST, brought to you by T-Mobile. T-Mobile has faster speeds with 5G, as fast as Wi-Fi, and up to 15 times faster than 4G. T-Mobile covers over 100 million Americans with their high-performance, ultra-capacity 5G. Before we uh, talk a little Chiefs here, and Matt Tate's going to join us in about 15 minutes from right now, our daily poll for today, tying back in with David McCormick, uh, officially ending his career at KU, moving on to professional basketball, um, I'm curious, because if, if I ask this for favorite David McCormick moment, like 
everybody's going to pick the title one, like if one of the two shots, yeah, right? The, re- the rebound and the putback or the, the shot to make it 72. So how about this? Favorite non-title game, David McCormick NCAA tournament moment. That's, that's a lot of qualifiers. It's, yeah, but. it's the... For me, the the poster dunk over Jermaine team. Well, read read off the yeah the, yeah. So the I'll, options I'll, we have here are the end one against Miami, yeah. the one where he I don't know how he made, he like scrunched down and shot it up and then did the that was off a of Jalen Wilson miss, wasn't it? I don't remember. I, it was off somebody's miss. It might have been his, and and that was the one where it felt like okay, they they this got this it. going against yeah. Miami. Um, he had the block against Creighton, the big block near the end that of of the game that kept KU in front. And then that poster dunk against Jermaine Samuels option four is just other. My immediate was the and one versus Miami just because he he just had such a great reaction to that. Um, he was going nuts. You know, I loved the reaction. But now that I think about it, even though the, the block versus Creighton seems so far back now because it was the second game of a six-game tournament. That might have been the most important. That was, I think, the most important because that was the, the steal by Ochai. Ochai made it three. But then that very next trip down the floor, that basically sealed it. And that was, um, especially for a guy who's not known, like when, you, when you're when you at KU, you've had guys like Withy and Aldridge, dudes who were known as, as rim protectors. And Dave was never terrible at that, but it was never his primary uh, weapon. And so for him to make that, that, that might have been his most important. But the end one versus Miami, just in terms of his – his awesome reaction. I love that. Yeah, I, I actually changed it up. The fourth one is not other now. It is just raising the roof in general. Yes. Yeah. Favorite celebration. So you can vote on that at RCST 1320. For me, it would be, like I said, I think the block is the most important, but my favorite is, man, I don't know. The poster dunk was pretty awesome over and, Jermaine and, and That was like you, the exclamation and, mark. And you felt some vengeance because he'd, he'd mm-hmm. gotten blocked on his, because that was back to his, his NBA you know, he for a guy his size, and part of it was the foot. He struggled to get over the rim, uh, flat-footed on dunks, um, and and that showed up early in the Nova game. He got blocked by the rim on a dunk attempt, and that one he just put it away. So that was that was a lot of fun. And you're right, I think that that was that along with the Christian Brown three at the end of the shot clock against Nova. Those felt like the two. All right, this game's in the bag. Yeah, I'm gonna officially go and one versus Miami though. I think. As I'm thinking back to like my watching experience, what got me most juiced watching the game, it was probably that one. Yeah. Okay, so you can vote on that at RCST1320 on our Twitter account. The Kansas City Chiefs are nine days away, is that right, from the NFL draft starting up in Las Vegas, which we're getting to that time of the year, by the way. Um, it's scary where uh, the sports world is is kind of a little slower. Dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's Yeah, it's the... But we do have the draft. It's the winter, especially when the Royals are awful. Well, the Chiefs have 12 picks in the NFL draft this year. Now, um, I, I think it is a little real, misleading. I, I think they have yeah. eight real picks. Yeah, because you'll hear that a lot. You'll hear a lot of you know ESPN or NFL Net or whatever you're, you're watching. Analysts talk about, like, yeah, the Chiefs should trade up in the draft. They have 12 picks. Like, you can trade up and still have eight, nine, ten picks in yeah. the draft. But like you said, it is... It's not a real 12 picks when you have four seventh-rounders, and I think they have a couple sixth-rounders as well. So so what do you view as going into this draft, which obviously is maybe as important as the draft as Brett Veach has had with mm-hmm. Kansas City? Like, what philosophically are you kind of looking for them to do? Or, like, so, what do you want them to do? I, I think guess? something that kind of an advantage, the advantage of needing almost every— they need basically every position except for quarterback and I would say interior offensive linemen. 
other than that, every everything is is somewhat of a position of need. It's not a dire position of need, um, but it's somewhat a position of need. And the the benefit of that is you can really look at and and go best player available because you're not um, like the best player available philosophy is great. But if your draft spot comes and the best player available is a left tackle and you've already got Brian Balaga on your team, then that's that means nothing to you. Um, so, I, but I think I, I like a guy I was eyeing that might might fall to them, um, and his name slips my mind. But he's he's a, an edge rusher from uh, the kid from Michigan. Oh, uh, David Ojabo, who yeah. uh, had the really bad injury during yeah, 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 his yeah, yeah, yeah. pre workouts. Yeah. Um. So I liked him, and I think he might he might wind up falling. And there was another kid. Again, I'm terrible with names, but he was like his biggest problem. I think he was actually an interior lineman. Now that I think about it, but he um, he's like six six two eighty three. Um, so he kind of has an odd build for for his position and makes him a little bigger target for guys to block because he's so high up. Um, but those are just guys I think that could that could fall to them. But in general, I kind of believe once you get past about pick. And this is not a hard and fast rule, but in general, I think once you get past about pick fifteen, fifteen through sixty, I can kind of just think is is all the same. I don't think they'll do this, but if they just want to, if they trade back both of those first rounders, I wouldn't hate that. I don't think that'll happen, um, and I'm not even sure it's the best best way to go. I just, I'm just really, I I don't. There's very very few times in a, in a draft do I look at anybody after pick 15 and go well we got to have him mm-hmm. um and so if you're there you're kind of just taking flyers educated guesses but flyers nonetheless on guys so why not just try to maximize how many shots you can take well and you you could use all those seventh round picks and just be like you know each one of our or we're going to use two of the sevenths to um, I don't know, acquire a sixth, or we're going to use a seventh to just move up like three picks in the draft in the second round just to make sure we get the guy we really want. Like if they do that, that's whatever. But then you get a guy who's angry that he didn't become an undrafted free agent and he stuck with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think as far as the first round, because that's where really I think the most interest is when you have two first, it gives you flexibility to do you trade up to that kind of like 10 to 15 range in the first round yeah. and if there is that pass rusher or corner or receiver that you really like, you know, go out and get him. And, and I really don't mind that philosophy this year. But to your point, they say this all the time. So I don't know, you know, this feels like it's just a cliche thing. But they're saying it again about this draft that um, really the the strength of this year's draft is the depth. Yeah. You know, I'll say this. Anytime you trade up and we saw this go bad for them with McCole Hardman. Well, I wouldn't say anytime. If you trade up from the seventh to the sixth, that's a little different. But if you trade up in the first or in the second, you have to hit. Mm-hmm. You have to be right on the guy you get. Um, and they weren't right on McCole Hardman to the extent that they could. I mean, that if they held their water, they would have been able to draft DK Metcalf or Mecole Hardman and still had the picks that they gave up to move up. So if you move up, you better be right. Now, Veach if we're to believe everything, was the guy who identified Mahomes. He's pretty right about that. Um, So I kind of trust him. I'll say this, another somewhat advantage to the amount of drafts they have in the second and third round um, is that you can move up um, and still have a lot of quality top 90 picks, right? If If you lose, not lose, but if you use 29 and 30, to jump up to wherever, 
Um, then you still have a decent amount of second and thirds that you can still get quality from. I think one thing that I was hoping for that I don't think will happen is if a quarterback falls and another team that needs a quarterback goes, oh, man, we can jump back in the first round. The problem is, is they're at 29th and 30th. The Bengals are behind them. They don't need a quarterback, so they'll be willing to trade out. And the Rams are behind them, and they'll be willing to trade out too because they also don't need a quarterback. So whoever wants to trade up to get that quarterback that falls to the end of the first round won't want to deal with the Chiefs because they can get the pick from the Bengals or the Rams for cheaper. You almost need a bidding war where somebody makes the trade with the Rams, then somebody jumps yeah, them and, and makes it with the Bengals. Them, and, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, I... I I kind of view this as, like, the most important stuff they need. Like, yes, like you said, you take best player available and, uh, I don't know, when you're in the middle round, get some depth on the offensive line, get some depth yeah. on the defensive line and the secondary, all that stuff. Um, but I think it's going to be very apparent that they need three guys who can start, if not day one, pretty darn close to it. Um, you know, week one, whatever, week four, somewhere in that range. Corner, I guess you could probably argue with yourself that if they get a good pass rusher, who it takes half the season to figure out and they can re-sign Melvin Ingram and they have Ingram and Clark and Jones. It's not the most ideal situation, but you can make it work. Yeah. But corner, like, they could very much use somebody to come in and start right away. Receiver, probably the same thing, just because, again, like, they'll be fine. You have Patrick Mahomes if they don't, but it'd be ideal if you had, like, a game-breaking receiver. And, I, again, I, I would kind of go back to that. If you want to change your pass rush, which was the idea of this offseason – Go out and get a pass rusher. So that basically you have two firsts, you have the second, you have two thirds, right? Um, at least three of those need to be basically day one starters. Is how I view that. I'd agree, and and, and the re if if they're for that reason, if I if they're going to trade up, I would almost want them to get an edge rusher because to me, edge rushers are like quarterbacks, and that if you want them to be able to get going right away they're probably going to be top 15 picks. Anybody that get even anybody from those two positions that come after 15th or 20th are probably going to be projects. And then another problem you run into is if you get them and I mean let's say they're a project and they finally figured out year 3 and become really good, well then you've only got two more controllable years of them and so you've spent the first 3 years teaching them and then once they become good they're going to hit the open market for free agency. So you have to think about that. I'll say this about wide receivers. I went through the list of top receivers, and I noticed a weird pattern I hadn't thought of before. With the exception of about two, one was Cooper Cup, and I can't remember the other. The best receivers, and maybe this is true for other positions, I don't know, but the best receivers seem to come a lot from Power 5 schools. Hmm. That'd be one to look and, into. And what, what got me looking at that is Pro Football Focus had a, had a draft that had them in the second round getting a wide receiver from Memphis. Well, I... I mean, it makes sense, though, if you think about it, because, like, receiver is very much a position where athleticism matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're that athletic, you're probably going to power five. But, you know, like you said, Cooper and, Cups happen. So. Yeah, and, and real quick, because I know we got to get to break. Tyreek Hill, a lot of people say, well, he didn't. But the problem is he it was behavioral problems that yeah. got him to leave a, a power five school. He's Adam Dravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. Matt Tate joins us next to talk David McCormick, KU Basketball. This is RCST. About 20 till 4 here on Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. That time on a Tuesday, joined by Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World and KUSports.com. Uh, so, Matt, big news breaking, I don't know, about an hour ago, an hour and a half. David McCormick uh, announced he is heading off to Pro Bowl. And uh, based on the wording there, it seemed 
pretty certain that this isn't just, hey, I'm testing and going to see what happens. This seems pretty much like goodbye and can't blame him. Big drop the mic moment for Dave after the way he finished out his uh, KU career. So I'll ask you this as we, I guess, kind of, I don't want to use the word memorialize because that makes it sound like he's dead or something, but um, favorite moment or thing about getting to cover Dave or favorite game, I don't know, uh, Something in general uh, about covering Dave over the years. Favorite thing? Over, over the years, wow. Um, two two things honestly stand out. I mean, he, he's one of the nicest kids that, that I've probably ever covered, and, and he would have had a real opportunity to be a, a complete jerk, right, because he got criticized so much and by so many, and you never saw it. You never saw it wear on him. You never saw it get to him. Um, I'm not even sure it did. I'm sure he's aware of it. We know that, but I don't think he ever let that negativity, you know, um, into his, his stream of conscious or his thoughts or his concerns. And, and, um, that takes a big man to be that way because, you know, he was criticized all the time and whether that was, you know, things that were written or of course, social media or even by his own head coach. Right. And, and you never saw that be a factor for him you never if, if if anything it was a factor in that it motivated him motivated him but you never saw it you know turn him negative or turn him into anything other than just uh, the same you know team first play hard kind of guy and, and so um I, I think that's i think that's number one uh i think that's worth remembering and i think that's um worthy of a major major hat tip man i mean th- this is a this is a time where People don't don't go that direction very often. If you're criticized even for 30 seconds for something that's completely meaningless, you can snap back at people and, and turn nasty and hold grudges and all that stuff. And and um, you know this was a prolonged thing, and and um, and he never really let that that fit with him. So I, I think that's definitely something I'll always remember. Uh, I was, I was able to talk to Dave's mom a few times for various stories that I did on him. And, uh, I'll always remember that as well. She was a wonderful, wonderful person, a blast to talk to. Um, and, and, and in doing so, I, I learned exactly why Dave is the way he is because, you know, she's wired that way. She's, uh, obviously raised him to think that way and, and, and react that way and, and carry himself in a certain way. So those two, I, I guess, are tied together, but, but there's no question that, that, um, that those will always always be kind of what I think about when I think of Dave. And, and you know, of course, this tournament run, too. I mean, um, it's cool to see a guy who did act that way and carry himself that way and work so darn hard and never let the noise get to him it's cool to see him rewarded and, and finish on such a high note. Cause that's, that's, that's rare for even, even, um, you know, the most talented or the, the biggest jerks or whatever, very few people get to go out like that. And, uh, for him to pair that by going out that way with the way he conducted himself throughout his time at Kansas was, I mean, you know, we heard a lot about it, storybook ending, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's a, that's been a popular phrase the last few months or a couple of months, but, but that's really what it seems like for him. Yeah, it's funny. The first part you said that you could like lash out. Like, could you imagine if that happened to Christian Brown? He would. Uh, he would not let people not hear about it. Uh, if that was subtweeting, the case. right? Yeah. Be, they're, they're subtweeting. Sorry, there'd be subtweeting right. all over the place with him. He would. 
he would uh, he would never let that go, and that's what makes him special too, right? Like he's wired that way, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I get it, but um, but yeah, you're you're definitely right, man. I mean, there's the there, there's it takes a special uh, person to to deal with that stuff and handle that stuff. And look, I you know I'm by no means am I putting myself in the David McCormick category, but I you know I get I get yelled at a lot on Twitter, especially and. It, it, I don't love it. I don't lash out, but I don't love it. It's not fun. And I'm sure it's not fun at all when your skills are are put into question and, and people are saying you look like you can't jump and you're a disaster and you're the worst player since this, this, and this, you know? So um, it, it, it none of that ever feels good, but um, but he never let it bother him and, and or, or at least didn't hold a grudge about it. So, yeah, he... he uh, you know, I think as years go on, he'll probably be remembered differently. Um, I think that's how he'll be remembered by a lot of people, just that, that class and, and high character that he carried himself with. But I, I feel like Dave McCormick's a guy that the more you look back, right, you'll you'll kind of say, boy, his career was pretty good. And it might not seem amazing individually right now. Obviously, he won a title, and that puts him in rare air right there. You know, that's, that's going to be the number one thing that, that, that people remember, of course, but, but, you know, he racked up a lot of numbers and he played, um, he played some big games and some, some important roles on some big teams. And, you know, I mean, um, he was a four year program guy and, and his numbers reflect that. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy that five years from now or 10 years from now, you look at the numbers and go, man, that's, that's better than I remember. And, and, you know, it's largely because what you remember is, either the title and the run specifically to end on such a high note or um, people criticizing him for his shortcomings and not delivering all the time and, and all those things. So um, terrific to see him make this jump. I, I, you know, I, I believe for months that he wasn't coming back and that was before he, um, before he finished on such a high note. I, I just don't think it was ever in the cards for him to return to Kansas for another season, and uh, that only became a stronger belief of mine when he went out on top. There's just no reason to come back. Uh, number one, why would, you, why would you not go out the way you can go out right now? I mean, that's just too good to be true. Number two, yeah, he could come back, and he'd probably be beloved, and there'd be a lot to like. There, there'd that all that criticism would probably come back some too. And, and um, I don't know that that's worth it. When you look at the, the team they have coming back, not to say they won't be talented, they will be, but all the guys he came in with are gone. And I, I think that matters to guys, you know, it, it, it it's, uh, it, it's the perfect way to end this chapter, right? Him and Ochai came in together. Uh, Dotson, Quentin Grimes, obviously, you know, uh, Lightfoot was here. He'll be gone. Um, you know, that, that, that stuff I think does matter to these guys, maybe not number one on the priority list, but I think, I think it's important. And I think if he were to come back for some weird reason, it would feel very different for him. So I think he's making an excellent choice. I don't think he'll play in the NBA, but I don't think that's all this is about. I think you go after it, you chase your dream, you find out what you, what they think of you, you, you give it your best shot if they don't want you. You know, you, you, you go make a bunch of money living somewhere else and enjoying that life and playing the game you love. And, and I think that's how it'll go. Like, he'll probably be playing on a Vegas team um, in summer league somewhere. He'll get a chance, right? I mean, Landon Lucas did. Diedrich Lawson did. A lot of guys get that chance. And so 
I think for some guys, that's all, that's enough, you know, like you got your shot. And, and if, if you weren't an NBA guy after that, so be it. You, you gave it a shot, you gave it your best and you got that chance. And you can always say, Hey, I played some summer league ball with the Celtics or whoever. Right. And, and then you move on and you make great money and you live cool places and, and, and you write a new chapter. So I, I think it's a great move for him. I think it's, uh, I think it's working out for Kansas too. I think they, uh, they, they, they can go find a, a new piece and, and be part of the next chapter for, uh, for this program and this team. And, and uh, I think everybody should be happy with this. Well, as I look at KU's roster at center now, uh, moving forward for the 2022-2023 season, obviously there's talent there, um, whether it's guys being brought in like Ernest Uday or if it's guys returning, Cam Martin, Zach Clements, KJ Adams, I guess you never really know who's coming back and, and who's staying with the transfer portal. But uh, the one question I have is, you know, in, in Bill Self's system, it's obviously very important for somebody to be a post-scoring option. And I'm not sure that, you know, Zach Clements or KJ, whoever could develop into that guy. Um, there's no doubt that could happen. But when you look at the array of guys, like none of those players stick out as being a guy that you would, I guess, want to consistently throw the ball on the block unless there is that improvement or something that we just don't know about right now. Do you think there's enough there, or do you think that might be a position they could possibly look into the transfer portal at? Yeah, I think they have to. Um, uh, you know, and, and if they strike out, they strike out. It's not the end of the world. They have enough pieces elsewhere to, to make it work, right? But they'll have to play different. And um, yeah, Clements is not that guy. He could be, you know, in, a, in, in situations, but not consistently. Same with Cam Martin. Um, he's probably the closest of that group right now um, and the most ready because he did play as much as he played outside at the, at the, his last stop with Boshi, you know, he, he, he was able to go post and play inside too. And, and that was, that versatility is, was part of what made him attractive. I think when they, when they brought him, obviously he's a three point shooter and a, and a stretch four and all that stuff. So, um, but he, he, he's capable. Um, but again, not a guy you're going to ride like you, you've seen with, with McCormick and others. So, um, I, I think they have to find another one. I think, I mean, in a, in a perfect world, you find one who's, uh, a great shot blocker and, a, and an option as a post score. And if those guys grew on trees, it would be a lot easier for everybody, but they don't. So, you know, you, you don't know that that's even out there, but I would imagine they're looking pretty closely for that and have been for some time now, probably. And, uh, and look, if there's ever anything, you know, that, that, that you can kind of have learned from this first couple of years of the portal and how this goes, I mean, you know, this this whole thing is so fluid that what's available today is not what's available next month or what's available the month after that. It, things change rapidly, and you just you don't know how it's going to work out. You don't know what might be available, and so that that makes it hard to build a roster for sure. But it also makes it hard for fans to just kind of sit back and. and relax a little bit i understand that i mean it's it's got to be frustrating at times for for all kinds of fan bases not just ku but you know um you can kind of look at last year and and remember how badly they needed a point guard right and everybody knew that and that was the whole thing and then they didn't get this guy and they didn't get that guy and they didn't get this guy and they didn't get that guy and then they end up with remy martin right and uh, in may um so you know it's it's 
it's something to remember that just because it doesn't look amazing right now, maybe, or there's no obvious choice, like Kendrick Davis is the obvious choice right now, but he doesn't, he doesn't fill that big man role, right? But, but um, just because that's the case here and now doesn't mean that's what it'll look like in two weeks, in three weeks, in six weeks, et cetera. So um, we've learned that there, there, there are different dates in play now, and, and that changes things a little bit for sure. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, everything's pretty fluid. So I'd be surprised if they didn't add someone. But, you know, if they don't, I, I think that uh, puts, puts the challenge at, at Bill Self's feet. And let's see what you can do with those guys. Because um, they can all fill that role to an extent at times. And, and as we saw this year, there was a lot of um, posting guards. He did that more than he's ever done that. And I think he could do that more moving forward too uh when you look at if Jalen wilson's back you can post him some grady dick you could post mj rice you could post um you know uh, kj adams you could post uh there's a lot of guys even if they're, they're not true low post scores that that you could run things through or run things off of or whatever that that you know might be different and might take some time to uh to look different and and get used to but um that's part of it. I mean, you have to change every year. They're not going to run the same team back next year. Uh, if they would, they could, but they're not going to. So um, I, th- I think that's that's something you have to remember as well. He is Matt Tate of the Lawrence Journal World. Matt, we, uh, we're we keeping our promise. We said last week, didn't get to our one last thing. So we said we'd do two one last things this week. So. Oh, yeah, we did. Nice. I Adam, love it. take right. it away. Matt, one last thing. Question one. Have your eyes gone back to normal after having to stare at that bright orange March Madness basketball? And if not, question two, who's been typing your stories for you? <laughs> I love the ball. Um, I thought it looked really cool in person. I got a feel of it a few times, and uh, I, I, I want all I wanted to do every time I grabbed it was shoot the thing, you know, so I can see – um, I can see why guys didn't hate it and maybe even liked it a little bit. So um, I think it, it, it was bright, no question about it. Um, I, I think it maybe popped more on television than it did in person. It, you know, it, it, it was noticeable in person, no question about it. But it wasn't like it wasn't like those Baylor highlighter uniforms or anything crazy like that. You know, it was, it was, it, it was a basketball. It looked brand new. It had a little extra to it. Um, but you know, you're talking to a Broncos fan here too. So this <laughs> extra orange is never going to bother me even in the least. So, um, so my eyes never needed to adjust too much. Cause I've got some hideous Broncos gear. I ordered a, uh, Chris Harris Jr. jersey from China. Oh, you have the bright orange ones? Nice. Yeah, man. It's bright. It's insane. And and I didn't know where it was coming from. It was it was too good of a deal to, to think it was coming from, you know, NFLstore.com or whatever. So <laughs> uh, I knew it wasn't coming from, you know, the, the Denver uh, Mile High Stadium uh, team store or whatever. But, you know, whatever. And then it showed up, and it is just <laughs> Four shades of the brightest orange you've ever seen, and I don't really wear it. I'm not a big jersey guy anyway. I don't even know why I ordered it, but um, but but you know, I'm 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 happy to just kind of set it out on game day or big games and just like have it be in the room, the vibe, etc. So um, my eyes really never needed that, and, and so um, if if that answers your second question, then then yeah, I'm the guy that's for better or worse been writing all these stories ever since i got back so um 
I'll, I'll keep doing it. I got to go write this one up. As a matter of fact, this uh, David McCormick thing, and I think we'll have a few more the rest of the week. Uh, I think all those guys are going to make an announcement of some kind, and then we kind of sit back and wait and see how it all plays out. But um, it, it, it's still busy time, but, you know, not as busy. And uh, so I, my eyes have been able to focus on the, the mowing the lawn and, and uh, even maybe even trying to play a little golf and things of that nature too. So I appreciate your concern, but no eye, can, can, no eye trouble here and, and, you know, me still cranking out as best I can. Well, here's Matt Tate. Be on the lookout on Sundays during the fall for a man wearing orange. You can't miss him. Matt Tate of Lawrence <laughs> World. Matt, appreciate it as always, man. Thank you, and thanks for keeping your promise. I, I had forgotten. I really had. So <laughs> you, you guys are too good to me. Uh, keep up the good work, and, and thanks a bunch. We'll talk to you next week. Absolutely. That's Matt Tate. Check out all his great work in the Lawrence Journal world. You can find it at KUSports.com. They've still got a lot of cool commemorative stuff with uh, the title game. So uh, check out all of Matt's stuff, again, in the LJ world and at KUSports.com. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk. One hour down, two to go. RCST trivia next. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. First RCST trivia matchup of today as we continue on with our first round of RCST trivia winner of this is receiving a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery. Every round you advance, you get another $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery from the Bill Self Mac and Cheese to a Crimson Fog or Wave the Wheat to wash it down and an RCST Trivia t-shirt. That's what every winner of their first round matchup gets here. Our title sponsor, 23rd Street Brewery, and we're overall brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kurt Geeser State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, CBD of Lawrence, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Hawaiian Bros. We've got a 4-13 matchup on the docket today. The four seed, Brian Rainey. The 13 seed, G.J. Melia. G.J., we'll start with you. You did not appear in this event a season ago, but you did appear in the original edition of RCST Trivia. The only real difference now is you have a longer time to answer the questions. You have more time to think about it, but uh, you lost your first round match, but it wasn't for trying. You went 6-2 and two, um, in questions in that loss. What do you remember from your first takeaway, and are you more mature? Are, are you different this go-around? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm a little more mature. I think the thing that stumped me a couple years ago was the second leading scorer on the 1988 National Championship team. I guess I guessed Kevin Pritchard, and the answer was Milt Newton. So I've I've done a little, uh, you know, past my time. Uh, you know, I was born in 1995, so I got to do my uh, my research on on the older stuff. We got somebody uh, earlier this week yeah. on a Milt Newton question. Yeah, it was yeah. yesterday. Yes, it was. Uh, well, Brian, you're the four seed. This is your third appearance in trivia. You've earned three trivia wins. You've gone ten and two in questions so far. So. Uh, you've had some real good success in this event. Uh, what's your confidence level this year compared to maybe the first two years? Honestly, I've been listening since last week, and it seems like the questions are a little harder mm. this year than they were last year. And I listened yesterday. Yesterday I did pretty well, but they just seem a little harder. So I've been trying to study, but I've also learned from last year that you can study too much sometimes because you can have a whole bunch of stuff jumbled in your head and 
it's not good. So I need to I study, then I take a break, study, then take a break. So, so yeah. we'll see. Yeah, there's a, there's always a fine line. You don't want to overdo it, and and that's part of the problem too. You don't know what you're going to be asked. You could study a time period, and you get the completely different time period. All right, we're going to go ahead and get rolling here. Hit the music here, Adam, as we get ready for our first trivia matchup of the day, the four thirteen matchup between Brian and GJ. This is out of the West region. Winner of this will take on the five seed in Aaron Meyer. Okay, GJ, you are the lower seed. Would you rather go first or go second? Um. Let's go second. All right, so GJ is going to go second. That means, Brian, you're up first. Really easy category first. Brian, for you. How far did Kansas go in the NCAA tournament this past season? Maxwell Chance, baby, number one. That's right. All right, this one for you, GJ. What round of the NCAA tournament did Kansas defeat Villanova in? The final four. That's right. It was a fun one. Kind of an inverse of a question yesterday. Okay, on to the easy questions. For you, Brian, in the 2011 to 2012 season, this big man led Kansas with 17.7 points per game. Big man? Yes, sir. 2011-12 season. T-Rob. That's right. Thomas Robinson. He he was a beast. All-American. Not for Anthony Davis. What a national player of the year. Okay, this one for you, GJ. That same season, so 2011-2012, this guard was second on the team with 16.6 points per game. Uh, Let's go Elijah Johnson. Oh, GJ. Answer, Tyshawn Taylor. Tyshawn Taylor, second on the team with 16.6 points per game. And uh, a quick end to this one. You look disgusted there. Is, Is that one that if you would have taken another like five seconds, would you have gotten it right? Yeah, yeah, I guess I, um, you know, Elijah was, he was a better, uh, maybe he scored more points in the tournament. Yeah, I believe Um, he did. But, uh, so that's probably what I was thinking. I will, there was a big storyline that entire tournament that it, um, Tyshawn Taylor did not make a three in the tournament until the title game. (laughs) And so there was a big storyline of Elijah really coming on that tournament, so I get it. Yeah, Tyshawn actually led... You know, I, I don't know. This might be a trivia question later, but whatever. If you listen, you get a bonus points. Uh, Tyshawn actually led that Kansas team in Big 12 only play in points per game, even over T-Rob. So there's a little fun fact for he you. He also drove Bill Self insane. Yes, he did. But uh turned out to be a pretty good player nonetheless. Well, Brian, you're moving on. Quick defeat and or uh, quick win here in this one. Uh, you excited for uh, another RCST trivia win here? Yes, I am. Let's, let's do it. I am. I'm very excited. Well, congrats, man. You're getting a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery RCST Trivia T-shirt. Um, what's in store for you next round? What's going to be the uh, preparation over this next week? So I have a week to prepare? Yes, sir. Um, I need to get more into my history past because I started as a freshman in fall 86. So I struggle anything before the 80s, 70s, 60s, 50s. I mean, I got to go back and study that, that era. So yeah. we'll see. Yeah, those 60s and 70s, those are the uh, almost forgotten years. Well, guys, we appreciate you both joining this year. GJ, better luck next year. We hope you get you back. Brian, good luck next week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Good luck, Brian. Thank you, thanks a lot. All right, first matchup of the day. In the books rather quickly, and I, we know GJ. GJ's a yeah, friend of GJ's ours. Yeah, GJ's a friend. That's tough. He knows KU stuff. Like I said, he went 6-2 and two in his yeah, first matchup. I, he's going to be kicking himself. Yeah, that's just one that I think – 
you know, whether it's um, you just answer it too fast or you like the clock can be your friend or you just, I don't know, maybe overthink it or just happen to have a brain fart at that specific time. Like, yeah, just a little unfortunate there. That's a tough one. And that that was my I always I've said, you know, many times and you'll probably hear me say it again on the show that any student at KU, I mean, especially if you're a basketball fan, if you don't care, then it's whatever. But if you're if you love the basketball team, then during your time at KU, what I hope everybody experiences is a game at Allen Fieldhouse they'll never forget and a Final Four run. Um, for the kids this year, they got the double overtime Texas Tech game and a, and a title, yeah. so that's great for them. But anyway, um, that that was my sophomore year. That was my Final Four run, and so I, I remember everything about that team. And so that's um, and I know GJ knows he he knows his his basketball is KU um history that's just a a tough one yeah it is sometimes you don't make a layup missing bunnies yeah that's that's yeah that's kind of the equivalent of that um but you know it was uh appreciate GJ joining once again after missing last year and I'll tell you what Brian has been a as we said a mainstay in this event and um every year I feel like we get to, like last year, I remember I, I could have sworn Brian advanced either the sizzling 16 or great. It might have been the sizzling 16. And the one that he hit on, it was a hard or really hard question. It was something about like, you know, 1994, one of the teams Kansas played in like the second round or something like that. Like, and he nailed it. And uh, from really? that point on, we've known that Brian is a legit, like he's a four seed that could really make some noise. Really make noise? Yeah, he, he is. could be a four seed that uh, I'll tell you what that four five matchup because Aaron Meyer is really good too. Is he that Brian Rainey Aaron Meyer matchup? I'm already circling. That might be the best matchup of the second round. All I'm right, put my uh, name on that early. All right, all right. We'll, we'll remember that. We'll see. But then again, you never know because it just takes one question where somebody is a little loose on a time period, and boom, you're done. That's the beauty. I will say um, to uh, Brian, if you are uh, listening uh, to this segment. Um, came back and listened to your to your own trivia segment i would on oh yeah me too especially if i won um (laughs) uh, maybe not if i lost i will say if you know you mentioned maybe going back and and doing some some pre kind of 86 um studying when in doubt wilt chamberlain yep wilt chamberlain if if we ask about the 50s just that's not always going to be the answer it's just one of those things if you if the if the five second timer's going and you're coming to the end of it Mm-hmm. And you don't know at all, just and you just like lobbing a guess. I would say just study. That's your first. That's your first assignment. But if if you've studied and you're you're coming to the end of the thirty seconds and the and the timer's ticking down and you just have to lob a guess, just say Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah, yeah. And I'll I'll say this: like what really can separate some people if you do know stuff in the sixties, seventies, and early eighties. Yeah. Like you never know if you're going to get a question there, so I, I wouldn't say like overstudy it. But um, a lot of those questions can be determining factors because those are more of the. I've said this before. You know, again, like KU's always been great, and they, but those are more of the compared to the self era, the Roy Williams era, yeah, or if you, if you Will get, Chamberlain era. Like if those you are the study up years. the Ted Owens era. Mm-hmm. You could be in in really good shape. Okay, that is our first RCST trivia matchup. Once again, we are brought to you by Twenty Third Street Brewery, Kirk Geyser State Farm. McDonald's of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, 
CBD of Lawrence, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Hawaiian Bros, 23rd Street Brewery, our title sponsor. We can go check out their outdoor patio. Pretty nice day today. They have dine-in, carry-out, and catering all available. Try anything from the Bill Self Mac and Cheese to the Haney Turkey Stack, the Hank Booth Burger, any of the great menu items. And don't forget about the 23rd Street Brewery beer, which you can get to go as well with their Crowler. Second matchup coming up next in a 5-12 showdown between John Self is he related to Bill Self? We'll find out next in the 12 seed, Blake McFarland. This is Rock Chalk Sports Talk on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN, KLWN.com, the KLWN app. Depend on it. Second trivia matchup of today as we continue on with the first round. Always a trendy uh, 5-12 upset pick. And so far, our five seeds are 2-0. and So maybe that means the 12 seed is due. Maybe that just means it's... All about the five seeds this year. I guess we're going to find out here. Our five seed is John Self, who uh, we're going to get to the bottom of the last name here in a second. Our 12 seed is Blake McFarland, who's a former member of RCST. So our second former RCST member competing in the RCST trivia tournament. And, you know, looking back, it would have been a lot of fun to have Nick matched up with Blake in the 5-12 matchup, but just the scheduling didn't work out. Nonetheless, we're out of the East region here. And the winner of this one will take on the four, she- four seed in Chris Yurchek in the uh, second round. So we'll start with you, Blake, 12 seed. Again, mentioned, you know, formerly with RCST. Do you feel like that experience helps you at all in this competition, or do you feel like it does nothing for you? I would say it does nothing for me, uh, other than uh, I, I know how excited you guys are for this contest. It wasn't around when I was on RCST, um, but I'm really, I'm really excited to be involved with this and my only experience is just watching KU basketball every single game since birth, so we'll give it a we'll give it a shot. All right. Well, John, uh, you're the five seed here, and again, as I mentioned, last name is Self. Do you have any relation to Bill Self? No, none at all. Not even like a long lost cousin. <laughs> oh, I was born, so I don't know. Right around the time he was there. Well, I I would love uh, if well, you were actually like an alias for Bill Self, and you had the. Uh, Whatever those, you know, the glasses with the nose and the mustache on it. The, sure. Yeah. Put one of those on and it was actually Bobby Bill Self playing. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, how are you feeling? This is uh, your, what, second, third appearance in RCST trivia. Uh, what do you think your past experience is going to do for you this year? Have you done anything differently in preparation? Uh, this is my second time. Last year was my first. Uh, I haven't done anything different. I've just been reading up on some stuff. I've been really busy with kids, so I have my prep might not be as good as it should be, but we're going to give it a go. All right. Well, Blake, you are the lower seed. Would you rather go first or go second here? I'll go second. All right. So Blake is going to go second. That means, John, you are up first. We're going to cue the music here and get into our first category. That is the really easy category. For you, John, name a KU player from this past season. Ochai Abaji. There you go. Ochai, All-American, Final Four MOP. For you, Blake, name a KU player from the 2008 title team. Mario Chalmers. That's right. Who could forget Mario Chalmers? Although somebody actually did in our earlier competition. So uh, I guess nothing's impenetrable. All right, John, easy question for you. What team from the Pacific Northwest, led by the Groves Brothers, did Kansas beat 93-84 to 84 in the first round of the 2021 NCAA tournament? Eastern Washington. That's correct. Okay, Blake, to you in the easy column. 
What team did Kansas beat twice who had the Groves brothers on it this past season? Oklahoma. Yep. Tanner didn't play as much uh, this year, but uh, I mean, no, I had that opposite. Jacob didn't play as much as the Eastern Washington one, but Tanner still gave KU some fits in Allen Fieldhouse, but the big game from Zach Clements. Okay, on to the medium round. For you, John, two KU players share the school's NCAA tournament record for most assists in one game at 12. Both played for Roy Williams. Name one. Jacques Vaughn. Jacques Vaughn, Ryan Robertson were both acceptable answers there. Okay, for you, Blake, in the medium category, to stay alive. KU made just three three-pointers against Ohio State in the 2012 Final Four. Three different players each tallied one to reach that total. Name one of the three players who canned a triple against Ohio State in that 2012 Final Four. Elijah Johnson. Elijah Johnson, Travis Relaford, Connor Tehan were all acceptable answers there. All right, we got a good matchup here in the 5-12 round as we move up to the hard portion of things with you, John. In the 1996 season, Kansas won their Sweet 16 game over Arizona. What junior guard had a near triple-double with 16 points, 10 rebounds, and 8 assists? So what junior guard in the 1996 Sweet 16 win over Arizona had a near triple-double? I'm going to say Jared Hess. That is correct. Big-time game for him. The key there was junior because uh, you could have said Paul Pierce, but he was a sophomore that year in the 95-96 season, but 96 tournament. Okay, for you, Blake, in KU's 1995, so year before, Sweet 16 upset loss to Virginia – this sophomore guard led the Jayhawks with 13 points in 95 tournament. I guess I'll go with... I'll go Jared Haas, that one too, right? Is he back-to-back? Correct answer is Jock Vaughn. Mm. Jock Vaughn had 13 points. Not a lot to lead the way for you there. Um, so that ends it there in the hard round. A good little matchup here in the 5-12 between John and Blake. Blake, we'll start with you. You fell out there. You said you've watched every game um, from KU since birth. But unfortunately, I don't know, you might have been born then. But if so, you obviously weren't very conscious for that 1995 Sweet 16. Um, is that something you were worried about coming in? Just kind of the, the past stuff that might come around and bite you? Yeah, I mean, the the mid-90s is a tough one for me. Uh, I was like two years old probably, or not two years old, it's two months old when that game happened, so not a lot of hope there. Only basing off memories of my, my dad and my uncles, but, you know, hey, we ran it. I think I might have been better in like the 80s or, or 50s or 60s with more of the lore of KU than, than that period. Well, John, uh, would you have known the answer to the question that Blake just got wrong there? I would have said either Hess or Jacques. I, did, I was thinking you might have done the Jared two times in a row, kind of. So I was probably leaning Hess as well. Yeah, it's 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 always tough with those because you don't know, you know, you can almost like psych yourself out. Like, is this reverse psychology? Are they doing this? Are they doing that? I'll say this. That's rarely RMO. Yes. Like that, but it has happened. It has happened, but it's not. Our, our intent isn't to trick. No. It's just to have KU knowledge. Yeah, yeah. Point. But, so, uh, 
I mean, a valiant effort there. And yeah, Blake, that was a good, that was a good round. Uh, your first trivia appearance. We mentioned that you know in years past, usually the guys who are in it longer tend to go further because you know what's being asked, and you once you experience it, you get your your toes wet. Uh, will you be committing to RCST trivia twenty twenty three? Absolutely, yeah. Come back, you know, throw me throw me down a little bit. Give me a sixteen seat here. We're, we're matching up with Nick. <laughs> I think. Uh, that would be just great A content uh, for he and I to get back on a, a show together and give each other uh, the business. Well, I'll say this. I uh, What do you mean giving the business? Nick has been nothing but a sweetheart. No, this that is not tournament. true. <laughs> I, I think even though I know Nick advanced to the second round, I hope he's listening to this. Blake did not. I would actually favor Blake in the game against Nick. Okay, uh, John, so you're moving on to the second round here. Uh, thoughts? Is, is this just pure joy for you? Well, yeah, it's pure joy. Not as much as last Monday, but still some joy. Well, John, congratulations. You're moving on to the second round next week. Blake, thank you for joining this year in trivia, and we look forward to having you next year. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Appreciate it. Second matchup in the books there. That was, I'll say this. I actually was impressed. I thought the, um, I thought they were in the appropriate category, but those medium kind of lean toward the hard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they, if if the medium is like a, a rating of you know like five to six to seven, I thought that was closer to a six or a seven than like a five. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It was. They were. They were fine. See, in the I medium. actually thought those were. I, I wasn't. No, they were fine in the medium. I was just. I was impressed they knew them. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. I, I. I'm not like discounting the fact that they know. I th- I just think that when you think of you know record for assists under yeah, yeah, Roy yeah, Williams, yeah, yeah. I immediately think of Jock Vaughn. Like Ryan Robertson, that yeah. would that would be harder to think of. And then when you're thinking of the 2012 Final Four team I could, I could that hit see, a three, like I, I, Connor Tehan would be the first one that would come to mind. Yeah, for Tien, me. yeah, I would agree. And then Elijah, I, Elijah. I mean, we just and talked as you to, mentioned earlier, it was a big stat. Tyshawn yeah, didn't make one. We we just talked in the last segment too about Elijah really coming on. Um, that comeback win over Purdue, he made a huge, he made a couple huge threes. So Elijah really was was a, a savior of that um, of that tournament in a lot of ways. I mean, T. Rob, they all played great. To, you know, you got to play great to make a title game. But yeah, that was um, I was impressed though. Those were those were good, those were good questions. I you know they kind of proved their medal. Um, and then yeah, I think that the the hard one that's tough. I I, I agree with. Um, I agree with with John that you're kind of thinking Haas or Vaughn, so I absolutely understand Blake's strategy there. Yeah, yeah, because um, a lot of places do do that, and I think we had one of those this year where like both were Danny Manning, but yeah. Outside of that, um, like Adam said, we're not trying to trick you. We're not trying to like psych you out, but it still could happen. So you can't discount yeah, that. Yeah, could yeah, have been yeah. Case. And it was it was pretty much a fifty fifty guess. I'm sure for him. In I mean, the how, same way it would have been. Yeah, if uh, you're Vaughn going, who, who, you know, name this player. In the who, same way that I'm sure the other one was for John, yeah, probably Von or Haas. Right? Name this player who had a good game in the mid '90s for KU. I mean, you, Haas or Vaughn are both very, you know, good go tos. If if you don't know it definitively, those are two good go tos. So Haas was not a bad guess by any means. No, I said this um, last week, or I'm I'm sorry, not last week, last segment when Brian moved on. We're going to get a four five matchup with Brian and Aaron. I'll tell you what, this the Chris Yurchek one and the John Self, another 4-5 matchup. I mean, they're supposed to be. 4-5 matchups are supposed to be great. That should be a lot of fun, too. Yeah. Because Chris showed his medal yesterday, 
and we clearly saw it from John today. He went 4-0, answering the hard question right. So, um, good stuff so far today on trivia, even though our first one was pretty quick. We've got one more trivia matchup today to get to. Coming up next, we're going to be Although, having... uh, Real quick, I want to yeah. add, uh, on the topic of Blake's question, I take some, not full because I was only a kid, I take some responsibility for that uh, Sweet 16 loss to Virginia. That was in Kemper, mm-hmm. uh, and it was over spring break, and my mom took my sister and I to go watch the open practices. Um, and so uh, I maybe I maybe I, I didn't quite have the full, <laughs> you know, my, my it was full... your fault. Yeah, my full juju in the... You know, if I'd have known, I wouldn't have even shown up. Well, congratulations to John moving on to the second round and receiving a $25 gift card to 23rd Street Brewery and an RCST trivia t-shirt. One more matchup to go. The 7 seed, Jess Coffey, a.k.a. Hawkman, taking on the 10 seed, Blake Farrell, out of the Midwest region. We've got it for you on the other side. RCST trivia brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Hawaiian Bros, Kurt Geeser. Would you like to get involved in sponsoring Rock Chalk Sports Talk or the Best of RCST podcast? How about getting involved in some KU action or local high school sports? You can reach out to us, djohnson at gpmnow.com. That's djohnson at gpmnow.com, and we'll see what we can do to help out your business and get involved here in local sports. Our third and final trivia matchup of the day features a 7-10 matchup in the Midwest. It is the 7-seed Jess Coffey, a.k.a. Hawkman, the 10-seed Blake Farrell, and the winner of this will get the two seed in the Midwest, which is Andrew Filer, who was pushed to the limits in his first round game. Uh, we'll start with you, Blake. You are the 10 seed, and this is your first appearance in RCST trivia. Do you think that 10 seed is fitting? Do you think you should be ranked higher? Uh, do you dare say you should be seated lower? What did you think about your seating? I think it's fine. My first time, I'm just glad to be here, so hopefully I can compete. So you're a uh, a team who won your conference tournament, maybe, or, or maybe it was a I don't know a smaller conference, and you found your way into the tournament. You're just happy to be here right now, but uh, we'll see if you can be playing with house money and and move on from there. Jess, this is your third time in RCST trivia. Uh, last year, you I believe lost in the first round, but you went four and one on trivia questions. You just had a a tough first round matchup. Uh, I know you're a listener to the show. Do you think your past experiences, your your past listening to the show is going to help you uh, in this field? Actually, I lost in the first round the first year. Last year, I made it to the second round and lost out. But um, I hope it does. I've been listening to these, and my only problem is, is you asked about the 53 championship game and who scored an unofficial triple-double, and I'm like, B.H. Bourne, and I knew that. But then you asked a question about just – couple years back and i didn't know the, the player so i'm kind of nervous on the, that part but yeah i can't remember if it was clyde lavellet or if it was further back into the history there but you know you, you never know what you're gonna get in rcst trivia yeah. it's like the forest gum sands life's like a box, cho- box of chocolates that's like rcst trivia you really don't ever know what era or what team or, or whatever that uh you're gonna get with your questions so with that said we're gonna cue the music as we get into this thing blake you are the lower seed is the 10 seed would you rather go first or would you rather go second let's go first all right blake's gonna go first that means jess is going to go second blake for you first in the really easy category of things who did kansas defeat in the 2008 national championship game memphis Memphis, the correct answer. Who could forget nine points down with, what, two, two and a half minutes to go? KU ends up coming from behind and winning Bill Self's first title. Okay, Hawkman, for you, 
Kansas shared the Big 12 regular season title this past season with what team from the state of Texas, who also won the national championship in 2020? Baylor. Yep, Baylor. I mean, that was a big topic of discussion. You lose to TCU. Oh, you're only going to win the Big 12 a share instead of outright. Looking back, and what were took, we complaining about? Well, and remember, it took all they had to beat TCU that Thursday night <laughs> and to beat Texas on senior day. So yep. it was... It was nerve-wracking. If we only knew, we didn't have anything to worry about all along. Yeah, all worked out in the end. Okay, back to you, Blake, into the easy category of things. Name this Kansas center who scored 32 points and added 11 rebounds in a 1957 Final Four win over San Francisco. Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain. Stud. 1957 led him to the title game, unfortunately. Fell a little bit short after that. Okay, Jess, for you, fill in the blank. Blank and the Miracles. Danny. Danny and the Miracles is correct. Getting them to the 88 title game. All right, we're going to get into the the real questions here once we get the to meat. the medium. Yeah, medium and hard. That's where, that's where games are decided for the most part. Okay, uh, this one for you, Blake. Since the year 2000... There have only been four players with eight or more offensive rebounds in the national title game. Two of them on that list are KU players. Name one of the two. Let's go Nick Collison. Correct. Nick Collison had eight of them in the 03 title game. Jeff Graves had 11 of them in that same 03 That's title bananas. game. They both made the list. I thought Armando Baycott would have made this list. He only had six this year, so he actually uh, didn't make the list this season for North Carolina. Okay, for you, Hawkman, Kansas made just two three-pointers against VCU in that 2011 Elite Eight game. One each from two separate players. Name either of the two Kansas players to hit a three in that game. Levens, T. Rob, and uh, Tyshawn Taylor. Correct wow. answer. Markeith Morris would have worked. Tyrell Reed. Man. Tyrell Reed is, uh, I think the uh, the one that I don't know. I think a lot of people would have, yeah. With Tyrell because he's the yeah. the sharpshooter from the outside. So that does it in Blake. You said you were playing with house money. You get a win in your first trivia appearance. What'd you make of your first performance? It was good. I got I got favorable questions that I knew, so it worked out for me. It was a tough question for the opponent there, so I feel bad for for that. Yeah. But survive in advance—that's the name of the game. Yeah. They, so it, the ten in the Midwest in the tournament this year made quite a run. So you never know. Yeah. Maybe I got a shot. Well, you said, would you have known the answer to uh, Jess's question there? I I would not. I think I would have guessed Marcus Morris. I would have been wrong. So. Well, I'm, I'm sure that doesn't make you feel any better, Jess. Would would you have known yeah. the answer to uh, Blake's question? Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, if I remember that one. That's unfortunate. Now looking back that you know the answer of Tyrell Reed or Markeith Morris, is it one you're going to be kicking yourself on, or is it just one that you know, you're going to have an easy time sleeping tonight and you just wouldn't have known it? Oh, uh, yeah. I don't know how I forgot about Reed. I don't know how I forgot he was on that team. I was thinking, you know, 11. Okay. And I don't know if you heard me say T-Rob and Tyshawn Taylor. You know, I was thinking of the players in my head. And 
might have been just a year ahead. You know, myself, he probably hit more threes as, you know, Taylor did his senior year than did a junior year. So, yeah, once Ty- again, I'm just ahead of myself. Yeah, Tyrell one was, year. was the guy. He was he was the, the sharp. He was kind of the. Tyrell and Brady, right? Yeah, they were. The outside that year. Yeah, they were the sharpshooters. Yeah, they were. Well, uh, Hawk, man, we appreciate you joining in again. We hope you come back next year. We appreciate you for being oh. a loyal listener to RCST. We'll try to hook you up with a trivia T-shirt because we know you're such a good loyal listener. So how about that, uh, Blake? You're, uh, hey, thank you. Yeah, there you go, Blake. You're getting a trivia T-shirt in addition to twenty five dollars to Twenty Third Street Brewery. So, congrats. Look forward to hearing you from you next week, and thank you both you guys for uh, joining. Hey, thank you so much. Third and final matchup of the day in the books. That's tough. I will say, I think um, I actually would say I don't know. I'm. I think Jess is kind of underselling himself, or I'm sorry, um, I think Blake is kind of underselling himself with uh, with that question on, because he was the one that got the Collison Graves question. Yeah, right? yeah. I, I think well, again, I always say this. I it, think he's underselling himself because that, there were, I mean, Kansas has played in, what, four title games since the year 2000? Mm-hmm. That's a lot of, I mean, you assume, okay, it's probably a big man. Or three, right? Oh, three. 08, 12. And oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so you, I mean, hypothetically, it could so have been. You, but, I mean, like, you, I wouldn't have blamed somebody for saying Withy, T-Rob, that yeah. they played in a title game. Yeah, T-Rob, not at all. Uh, um, Darrell Arthur. Darrell Arthur. You know, you know that's, I mean, you, there's a long list of players, and to think that they were on, I would not have guessed they'd be on the same team. <laughs> yeah, it's um, crazy. And they still lost. So, I mean, which I think, I mean, a lot of people talk about Collison missing six free throws. The team as a whole missed 19 free throws that night. Um, I think part of it is because they expended so much energy, um, you know, in other aspects of the game that their, you know, their, their free throws weren't falling because they were just, their legs were just spent. And that kind of shows out. I mean, 17 offensive rebounds between two dudes. Yeah. Incredible. No, wait, it would be 19, I think, right? 11 plus 8. I'm bad at math. Um, yeah, but, yeah, I, I always say this, too. Like, I know uh, Blake said that, you know, he thought his question was easier. It's easier if you know something. If I ask yeah. you if I ask you what, um, you know, color, what's your favorite color, and then I ask what's Steve's favorite color, Yeah, one of those is easier than it's the easier other, than even the, though yeah. it's the exact same question, right? That's a good point. I, I just, yeah, I, I would not have known in, unless I – knew you know unless i saw the answers and and i really would not have guessed that that if you would have told me like if you would have said two players from the same team uh for ku got uh multiple or got what eight or more offensive rebounds in the same national title game Mm -hmm. and you and you said pick the team i wouldn't have guessed oh three yeah like that's the i I think that's the difference between the two like nick collison makes maybe the most sense of all the answers there, but you have to sort through all those teams. Yeah. The beauty of the 2011 Elite Eight one, and we say the VCU, is that you just have one team to sort through, and in your mind, if you know that team, you just got to sort through the Morris Twins, Tyrell Reed, yeah. Brady Morningstar, uh, Tyshawn Taylor, and I don't know, you're, you're not going to pick like T-Rob off the bench, you know, to hit a three. So Yeah, no, the only three, <laughs> randomly, I remember he canned a three, his first game back after dealing with everything with his mom, mm-hmm. uh, he checked in, and obviously the fa- it was a home game against K-State, and the fans went crazy, and he actually canned a three that night, which was a really special moment. But in general, yes, you're not going to list him as a guy to make a three. Um, but, yeah, I, you I'm know. i pick with either. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, but yeah, I, I just I think that was. Um, I think they were both almost kind of similar to earlier today. I think they kind of leaned toward the hard end of medium, mm-hmm. but I think that those two questions were equal, especially because I, I just think everybody's initial thought would have gone to a um, a title game that KU won, yeah. not one that they lost. Yep, so uh, unfortunate there for Hawkman. Like I said, he knows his stuff, and he's a loyal listener, so we appreciate Hawkman. He's always calling in and, and letting us know and weighing in on things and always a good dude. So, uh, like I said, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'm the, I'm the king of who gets what prizes. I know that yeah, might not be, be fair to other people. No, I mean, no, there, no. There's a we'll, set list for who advances, but we'll, Hawkman deserves it. We'll Hawkman send deserves them, it. If people have complaints about Hawkman getting a t-shirt, we'll send them to the IARP <laughs> and we know how that goes. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love the new IARP. It's wonderful. Okay. Uh, that is RCSD trivia for the day. We're going to take a timeout. More Rock Chalk Sports Talk after this. We are out early today at 520. we got our first high school baseball game of the season. We're going to be carrying high school baseball, high school softball this season here on KLWN. Free State is playing at home at 530. First pitch scheduled for 530 with pregame at 520. Joel Becker, Cole C. DeButar, Joel and Cole. Rhymes. Works out perfectly on the call of that one here on KLWN. So a little more RCSD coming up after this. Once again, we are brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery, Kirk Easter State Farm, McDonald's of Lawrence, CBD of Lawrence, Homefield Apparel, Pella Windows and Doors, RockChalk.io, Jayhawk Trophy, and Wine Bros. He's Adam Brevetta. I'm Derek Johnson. This is RCST on KLWN. Five o'clock hour, out early today, 524 Free State High School Baseball. We're going to have some Free State, LHS, baseball, softball coming at you in the coming weeks here on KLWN. By the way, RCST brought to you by T-Mobile. No 5G signal goes farther or is better for coverage indoors and outdoors than our extended range 5G1 signal at T-Mobile. You can finally join America's largest and fastest 5G network at T-Mobile. Which animal would be better at baseball or softball? A lion? Or a firebird. Hmm. I mean, the bird doesn't have hands. Neither does really the lion. It doesn't have opposable thumbs. Mm-hmm. But I think the but the bird. I think the bird. The would, the yeah, beat. the bird would do a better job of. I guess could the lion swing the bat with its like have the bat in its mouth? Good question. I don't think the lion could hold the bat at all. And the one thing that the bird could do is hold it in its claws and maybe lay down a bunt. Yeah, like its talons. Right. Yeah. Um, and it's going to reach anywhere the bird, in the strike zone, no matter how the high or low. Speed. Can you imagine the speed of a lion as a spread as a, like a pinch runner? Yeah. Yeah. No, it'd be great. Um, also, I think the the firebird would have a much better job in the outfield. I mean, it would just fly down everything. Every, you, yeah, you couldn't hit a fly ball. If, yeah, if everything's was, on the ground. If you allowed it to fly, mm-hmm. it would never miss. Yeah, you know um, what I mean? but if if the lion just hit the ball on the ground every time, yeah. I don't know. It might be weak on its uh, ground ball defense. And then ne- not none of this is to mention pitching. I don't know how either side's pitching. Yeah, to be honest, either. it's probably just walks all over the place. Can the bird fly the ball into the glove? No. <laughs> That's a Bach. What if you take yeah, off from the if mound? It, if it were instead of a firebird, if it were a chicken, it'd be a bok bok. Ah, got him. Or if it was a hawk, it'd be a hawk. Yeah. Or if right. it were a rooster, it'd be never mind. <laughs> Enough of that. Um, our daily poll for today: favorite non-title game, David McCormick NCAA tournament moment. Forty-one percent of the I vote. I believe I went. You did we both go? I said the and one versus Miami. What but I said I, the block versus Creighton was I the most important. On? I can't remember what I, I said. I don't know. I, I remember. I, I said that I loved the re, like 
the moment I loved the most was was the the end one because his reaction was amazing, but the the block was just so so big. Yeah, the the end one is receiving most of the vote, forty one percent. The poster it's so dunk. memorable though that that his reaction like he's kinda, I can picture it in my mind like so easily. he's not he's he's like his knees it's like flexing he's like he's almost, and doing a crab walk yeah, exactly he's almost squatting yeah. he's not standing up he's almost squatting but he's walking forward a crab <laughs> walk's a good way to like his and his arms his giant long arms are spread out that was a big like that felt like one of those reactions that like you know uh, I can't remember the movie where the guy's like I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> It was like it was just like he didn't know what to do with his body. He I just think that knew was he, super bad. Right? It could have been. I don't know, but don't he know. just he didn't know what to do with his body. He just knew he was so excited. Yeah. He just went nuts and let loose. Um. So forty one percent for that. Thirty four percent is the poster dunk over Jermaine Samuels in the Villanova game. Twenty one percent is just in general raising the roof, which you can pick your game that you want didn't that from. Christian say he if he did that he thought he'd get uh, teed up. Yeah, he like, did. I thought self was giving him giving him. Uh, I almost said the other word. Was giving him grief, saying <laughs> I thought that went out of the style, out of style like a long time mm-hmm. ago. And then Christian, I thought, said something about if he did the raising the roof. It was um, it was after a well, he did it a bunch, but the one time I really remember it was after a Nova timeout, right? Um, that, after a Nova timeout that made it like thirty six eighteen or so. I just remember I thought he did it after he dunked on Jermaine Samuels. I know he did it in the Miami game as well. The one I remember is early on in the big run against Nova, he had one moment where they called timeout, and as he was going back to the huddle after the, after the Villanova timeout, he was raising the roof. But he did it. it he did, he did it, a bunch. it several times yeah. throughout the whole season too. So that was twenty one percent. What a move! I'm I'm almost surprised the block versus Creighton isn't. It's only been picked about four and a half percent. It's so much less memorable because it went straight into like yeah. Not, like because again, the, I the could moment. argue it's the most important. Oh yeah. But, but the moment is less memorable because it was just block, rebound, KU was fouled, go to the free throw line. Mm-hmm. But I think people forget, maybe I'm wrong, I wonder if it's easy to forget how big that was because Kansas wound up winning that game by seven, you know? But it was like 79-72, right? Yeah, because they pulled seven, away free It was 73-72 in that Ochai steal. Yeah. And I th- I thought it was a one point game too when when Dave got the block or maybe it was two or three at that no, point. No, that was I'm almost, I think that was seventy five seventy two. I think Ochai made because Ochai made it seventy five seventy two. I think it was the next possession that that Dave got the block. Yeah, I think I, you're I, right. I could be wrong. No, I think you're right. Uh, how about this piece of news? We talked about Kendrick Davis a couple times over the last week on the show. Uh, transfer from SMU, five foot eleven, six foot guard from SMU, averaged nineteen points per game. He has one year left of eligibility. And uh, tweeted over the weekend, like, you know, where are my Jayhawks at? Something like that. Um, he trimmed his list to seven last night. Which, by the way, why why are we trimming lists to, like, weird numbers like seven? Why can't... What happened to the original, like, three and five? Would, if you were a big-time uh, crew, what would your number well, my favorite thing, My favorite thing is when someone's, like, top 11 coming. Which, at least seven is, like, you know... I. I don't know. That's like narrowing it down, I guess, a little. It's like when it's top 11 or it'll be like, you know, my top 34 schools is like, dude, what? I'm waiting for somebody to put out a list of top 10 and then pick another one. No, that is that is legitimately. Dude, Amani Bates, I'm pretty sure. Had like Memphis guy. Yes, I'm pretty sure Memphis wasn't even on this like top five. Dude, they, that it is definitely they're happened. They're sitting before. with that. They've got four hats yes. and then he pulls out another one. Yeah, kidding. 
No, my favorite too. There was the there was a KU football recruit. This was a year or two ago. I I can't remember his name for life. Of me, he goes. I am I'm one thousand percent committed. Oh yeah yeah yeah. To KU football. And like a week later, decommitted nah. from Kansas football. Please respect my decision. That was like uh, today. Ben McAdoo um, said I think Sam Darnold was. He's like 100%. Um, uh, Sam is our starting quarterback, and I think it was. <laughs> I'm not lying. I think I think I re- I remember because uh, people made a big deal out of this number. I think it was a minute 37 seconds later. He went. Oh, I should probably put my foot in my mouth. I shouldn't have said that. Just <laughs> <laughs> no wonder uh, he was a disaster in New York. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah. Anyway, he released the top seven: Texas, Kansas, Texas Tech. Memphis, Gonzaga, Houston, and TCU. So, I mean, a good chance he ends up at a Big 12 school. Texas, Kansas, Texas Tech, TCU. That's four of the I seven right there. I think Texas is where he winds up. That well, would Texas make- would make sense. Devin Askew just left the program. He's transferring, former transfer from Kentucky. So I guess he'd have to sit out a year unless he goes back to wherever. I don't know where he's from, back home where he can get a waiver. Um, so that would open a spot. Courtney Ramey transferred out. Like uh, I think Andrew Jones finally is is done with his eligibility. So I'm trying to remember, that would make sense got- playing time-wise. Did he get a medical red shirt from when he was sick? Who? Andrew Jones. Yes, yes. So then that, and then so he would, he would have six years as well. Medical red shirt plus the Yeah, he's used it up. Um, has he? Okay. TCU is interesting on there because that was a rumor that he could go. That's where he started his career. He started oh, at TCU, yeah. went to SMU. Was and Jamie he goes Dixon back, there? I think it might have been right when Jamie, no, Jamie Dixon would have had to have been there by now, by then. Because it was, was three, he? four years ago. I couldn't remember um, when he got hired. It would just be interesting because then he would never have to leave the Fort Worth area. He would just get to stay it the whole time, even though yeah, he SMU. What, was Dallas twice. and Fort Worth like forty-five an hour away, depending on traffic? Where Dallas and Fort Worth, forty-five minutes, hour away, depending on traffic. Yeah, yeah, so, maybe not even, not even that. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I know 20, they share. I know they, one of their air, like the big DFW is an airport, um, so they share at least an airport. Well, so one thing that's interesting here, he not only did he release the top seven. He said on his Instagram he's going to announce his decision on April 22nd, which is Friday. He's going to announce it Friday night, um, so we won't have the decision. We won't be able to talk about it till Monday, but if he commits somewhere else, I don't even know if we will talk about it. Nonetheless, uh, that I, I don't know. Like it, The fact that he's committing that soon, something we talked about earlier, it feels like if Kansas is going to hit the transfer portal, like it's going to be guys where it's either, okay, somebody transferred out of the program, and so we know we have this scholarship. We know we have this playing time. Or do left. It's going to be somebody who it's it's coming late in the game because we know this guy's staying in the draft. Yeah, it's right? going to be like okay, Christian Christian decided he's staying in the draft. And so I wonder if because of the fact he's committing so early, it tells me one of two things: either he's not picking Kansas, or he knows something we don't. And when I say yeah. he knows something we don't, that would mean either somebody's transferring from KU or he's been told by KU these minutes are opening up because we know this guy's leaving. It's one of those two, right? And and self kind of plays the long game with this in that he's not he's kind of honest with guys like Latrell Jossel was a guy he's like look we'd love to have you here but in the immediate we don't think there are very minute very many minutes available for you and I think self sees the value in not lying to a kid and and oh no we got tons of minutes and then the kid comes and he's like okay I rode the bench because I think he knows in the long if he does that in the long term he'll get a bad reputation with future recruits. And I think all, and that's not just a self thing. I think all coaches, all the good coaches are upfront about that because they know in the long run, it, it just makes more sense to be honest. So yeah, I, I would lean, if I had to make a pick right now, I'd say, um, 
I think he's going to Texas. I just think that makes so much more sense. Okay, uh, real quick, breaking news before we go. We'll talk about this more tomorrow because we do have to get out here. LJ Arnold, who uh, was a starting receiver most likely for KU, he is transferring out of the program. KU's had a handful in plus of, of transfers so far since the spring game. First, that's that's the first, first where it's game. like, yeah. oh, no, I don't know about that one. That's yep. not great. But um, we'll talk more about that tomorrow. He's Adam Bravetta. I'm Derek Johnson. Free State Baseball next here on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN. Depend on it.